This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we take a closer look and dig a little deeper into this week's sermon. How's it reading, Bible nerds? Hey, that's I like that one. How's yeah, it reading? I yeah. It's Man. reading good, controversial, it's reading convicting, it's reading all the things it should read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life-giving, yeah. Yeah. Um, t-shirt. <laughs> That's right. Um, man, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. It's been crazy. Been, been crazy. How you doing? I'm making it. I'm making, making it. it. Making yep. it. I'm barely making it. Yeah. I got this big midterm project due tonight. And uh, I was up until like five last night working on it, or oh, wow. five this morning working on it. Yeah. Um, and if you didn't know, it's like five o'clock now. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, you're going downhill quick, huh? Um, but it's okay. I'm gonna submit it. I'm gonna get a grade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think at this point, I will be comfortable with whatever grade I get. Well, good. That's content. Yeah. Um, so, okay, we have been working through these three parables in this succession, right, in Matthew 13. Yep, these, these three parables here, yep. Um, and the last, last week, it was the one about the pearl. Yeah, the pearls and the, the and one the searching for the pearls, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> this week, we've got, um, the one about the net and the fish. Yeah. Um, you want to walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, I want to preface that um, me and Jesus battled for a long time about whether or not that I would tell this story. Because uh, I'll be honest, this is not a story I wanted to tell. Really? No, not at all. Um, I know, let me say, the God that I know as my personal Lord is one of grace and mercy, salvation, wholeness, and healing. And that's the God that I want everyone to know. Yeah. And so because of that, um, as all of us, right, uh, I'm a faulty person. I have sin in my own life, I, you know. And so with that, I do my best that I can to follow the Lord. Right. And where I think that he's leading me. But I also end up or have a tendency to lean towards the narrative that I want to proclaim. Right. One that's God of grace and wholeness and healing. And so me and Jesus battled hard about this one because this story doesn't tell that. Right. This story tells that God is a God of justice and God demands justice. And so those who do injustice end up outside of God and outside of God's will and the healing and wholeness that comes with fellowship with God. And so I didn't really want to tell this story. Um, me and Jesus battled all week. If you don't know, uh, we record these in advance, but today is Saturday and I am, we're recording this and then I will tell this story tomorrow. Um, and it's not a story I wanted to tell. But as much as I want to be someone who reads 
the biblical narrative for the truths that it communicates about God while also being sensitive to the cultural differences of the ancient world and the modern world. Um, I have to stay true to the text and the character of God. And the goodness of God is dependent upon the justice of God. Right. And so this is a story that as much as I didn't want to tell, it demands being told. Right. So the story goes, Jesus says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. And I think that's important. Um, Clayton, you've done quite a bit of fishing in your life. I've done quite a bit of fishing in my life. Um, when you throw a net into one area or body of water, do you catch fish of every kind? No. No, you catch a isolated type of fish or species of fish that are native to that area. And sometimes you might get two or three, but like... That are weird, but like yeah. you're not going to go catch all the fish known to man with one cast of a net. No. But here, Jesus says, remember it's a parable, it's a story, it can have fictitious elements of it, right? right. So Jesus says, you know... The kingdom of heaven is like when I cast a, a net out into, the, out into the water and I bring up fish of every kind. Now, how do you read this in a parable? Naturally, we would read it as fish of every species, mm. right? But how do you transfer that into a story about what Jesus is communicating, the spiritual truth that's being communicated through the earthly reality of every kind. We have varying degrees of people on their journey of faith, journey right. to faith and journey of faith. And so of every kind, of every, of every place on that journey, right. those that are outright rejecting faith, those that are fully given over to faith and everything in between. Yeah. And Jesus says, kingdom of heaven is like a net that was cast out and caught fish of every kind. And when it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. Mm. When it's black and white, you can't make it gray. It's just what it is. God is a God of justice, and he demands justice. And so there's going to come a time where there's a sorting. There's a selection process. And there's going to be a separation of those that are good and those that are bad. And that's really hard to hear. Well, don't we get some of that from Matthew chapter 7 as well? We uh, do. We get an element of that. Um, but, but even that is unique because those people think that they're doing the things that God wants them to do. Right. Right, but they're they're not being sensitive to the spirit. They're creating a narrative of God for themselves that they then live according to, and then they get to heaven. And Jesus says, "I didn't know you. The things that you thought you were doing in my name aren't what I was asking you to do." Right, and so they would fall somewhere on this spectrum. I'm, you know, not really sure where they fall into, but there's going to come a day where there is a selection, there's a sorting of those that are going to be deemed good and those that are going to be deemed bad. Now, notice, I do think there's, it's important to note the degradation. 
So in the beginning, they catch fish of every kind, everything in the spectrum of those that are evil and those that are good and everything in between. But then when it goes to the selection process, there's only twofold, good or bad. And so you can be anywhere on this spectrum that you want to be or that you are, that you happen to find yourself, but you're going to end either being declared good or declared bad. Mm. What's the determining factor in good or bad? I think it's twofold. Um, First is where you're at in your relationship with Jesus. One. And two, do you seek justice? Mm. Um, Because as you've been saying throughout this whole thing, um, God is a God of justice, and he de- demands justice. Therefore, the people, his people must also seek justice. Yeah, I think, well, so and I, I would think put, that would be a part of being a Christian, you know, and being in that relationship with, with Jesus. You want to seek justice. Does it make sense? Yeah, I think I would agree with you for the most part. But I would also say that I think that you can you can be in that first category where you said, what's your relationship with Jesus? I think your relationship with Jesus defines whether you're declared good or bad. Right. The amount of justice in which you seek declares how much good you're worth. Right. And so for here, notice, and here's the point I want to make, is that being declared good or bad is nothing that we do on our own the parable continues and it says, so it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous. Excuse me. So the good and the bad, but we're made righteous through the blood of Jesus. Right. It's nothing we do on our own. It's, it's what Christ has done for us. And then we've accepted his love, grace and mercy. And we've chosen to live in light of that grace, love and mercy. Right. And so it's nothing that we do on our own that declares us good or bad. But there's still a sorting. There are still those that are going to be declared bad. And the text says, So it will be at the end of the age, the angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now I'll be honest. My theology of hell is very fluid. I don't have a fixed theology of hell. Do I think that there will be punishment for those who reject the person of Jesus? Yes. But what that really looks like, I don't know. Um, I'm not totally given over to the idea of a lake of fire being a literal place. Um, I think that could be very dramatic imagery because, I mean, you think, what, what do you think one of the worst ways to die would be? For me, it would be being burnt, being burned alive, right? For me, either that one or drowning. Yeah. I don't, I don't know another way to die that would be worse than that. Um, and so for me, it could be very vivid imagery. It could be, you know, it could be a number of, it could be a literal place. Right. I'm not totally sure. But I do know that whatever hell is, it's a place where 
those who have rejected the grace of Jesus go and receive their punishment. Yeah. And as a pastor, I got to be honest, I freaking hate that. I side with Paul and I side with Jesus that he would wish that none would perish, but all would come to a saving knowledge of him. But unfortunately, that's just not the case. It's going to come a day where there's a sorting and there are going to be those that are declared righteous and there are going to be those that are declared unjust. <laughs> And I don't know, if you're listening to this today, I don't know where you fall on that category. Like, I don't know where you're at on that dichotomy, where you're at on that spectrum. I don't know if you're going to be declared good or not. That's between you and the Lord. Only you and the Lord know that. This was really, this is a really hard story for me to tell. Because I want God to be a God of goodness, and I want God to be a God of grace and love and mercy. But in order for God to be that, he also must be a God of justice. And this is arising out of the necessity of the justice of God, that God is holy, and we are sinful. And there must be a reconciliation of those two things that reconciliation is found in the person of Jesus. It's found in the sacrifice, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And through that work, we are miraculously covered by his righteousness. And we experience that reconciliation. But for those that do not find themselves in that reconciliation, this is a really hard text to hear. And... For us at, at Wellhouse, you know, I I want us to be a place of healing and wholeness. I want us to be a place um, from one of our uh, the words of one of our Wellhouse attenders. Um, I want us to be a place of rehabilitative church. Yeah. But in that, I can't compromise who God is, and God is a God who demands justice. And so as fluid as we might be with grace and healing and wholeness in the pursuit of mercy and love, I also have to acknowledge that, that there's, there's a line somewhere in there. Yeah. And I believe that line to be where you are with Jesus. But only you can determine that. I'm not going to stand here or sit here and point at you and say, oh, because you do X, you must be given the declaration of Y. That's not my job. My job as the pastor of Wilhouse Church is to say, hey, the text says this. Here's what I believe the character of God to be. And now it's up to you. Yeah. Um, this is not meant to scare you. It's not meant to... to, to do this whole sinners in the hands of an angry God thing. No, I'm not uh, Jonathan Edwards. That's that's not what this is supposed to be. This is literally, as Cullen just said, 
what the text says. Um, and his interpretation of the text and the character of God. Um, so this isn't meant to scare you. This isn't meant to, to, to scare you into the gates of heaven. Cause we know that's not how it works. And we know that's a terrible. Yeah. I say it all the time. I say it all the time. My, my job as a pastor preacher is not to preach you out of hell. No. My job as a pastor preacher is to preach you into heaven, to show you that the way of Jesus is greater than the way of the world. If, if my goal here is to scare you into following heaven, there's no, there's no fear in love. First John, that's not what I'm trying to do here, but I cannot. And I'll be, I fought with Jesus all week about this. I cannot compromise what the text says. Yeah. With all of that to be said, I know that this could possibly stir some things in some of you. Um, but we want you to know that we are a safe place. Mm-hmm. We are a place that tries to promote healing and, and rehabilitation. So if you've got questions, if you've got these things stirring inside of you, this uncomfortable feeling in your gut, um, reach out to us. Our contact info is in the show notes. Um, and we will be here for you. Yeah. Um, to help you get through this. Um, because if, if you don't know what side you're on, um, that can be kind of scary. Yeah, so I think two things I would say to that. Number one, I think Clayton is 100% right. We are a safe place. We have a lot of people that are that attend or are around Wellhouse that have doubts, have questions. They're not sure where they fit in in this world, but they enjoy our community. They enjoy our fellowship, and so they continue to be around, and we are 100% eternally, immensely grateful for them. Absolutely. Um, and so I think that's also why this was so hard for me this week because, and I knew seven weeks ago or, you know, months ago, but this would be week eight of our series on earth as it is in heaven and, or this would be week nine. Sorry. I knew Jesus was calling me to tell this story for the whole time. That doesn't mean that I didn't battle with him over it. Yeah. Um, because there are people in and around Wellhouse that really struggle with this. And I didn't like, I don't want to feel like I'm letting them down, but here's the two things I want you to know. Number one, as the text says that this will come at the end of the age. We're not at the end of the age yet. This story's not over. No. What we're being told here is the end of the story. And we're not at the end yet. Mm. So there's there's room, there's space at the table. If if you're wondering where you're at, you don't have to wonder. Reach out to us. We would love to talk to you. But because I think first and foremost, people read texts like this and they go, oh, well, God must be an angry God or God must be... You know, 
a God that doesn't love me. That's not true at all. God loves you more than anything in this world. And as a show, as a display of that love, he sacrificed his only son so that you might have life in the name of his son. That you might have life in the memory of his son. And so God loves you more than anything in this world. But in order for that love to stay true and pure, God must demand justice. And as hard as that is for us to hear, you got to remember, I want God to be a God of justice because I want justice to be proclaimed and, and done in the world. But you can't have your cake and eat it too. In order for God to be a God of justice, God must be a God who enacts justice. And there's going to come a time where the story must end. And when the story ends, God must be a final vindicator of justice. Yeah. And those who are left outside of justice must be accounted for. But we're not there yet. And there's grace for you. God loves you. And there's time for you to experience the healing and wholeness that comes with the person of Jesus. The other thing that I would say is it's important that you understand the justice of God. And the way in which we understand the justice of God can't be so shallow that it's like, oh, if God is just, he must save everyone. Because there are actions that happen and there are consequences and penalties for our actions. Just think about our normal justice movements today. If you're a racist, like, I'm sorry, that there are consequences for that position in the world. If you're a human trafficker, there are consequences for that injustice that you contribute to. And I don't want that to go away. If you are a person of injustice, and we are people who want to see justice enacted, there must be consequences for injustice. Yeah. The difference between me and Jesus is that Jesus pays fully for your injustice. Hmm. If you do it now, Jesus 100% pays for your injustice. I'm not going to prison for a human trafficker. Yeah. But Jesus would. Yeah. Jesus did. Jesus gave his life for all number of sins and sinners. The only question is, what will you do to pursue the righteousness and justice of God and receive his grace, love, and mercy? To be on the right side of the sorting, when it comes down, will Jesus say, well done, my good and faithful servant?